0: now this is the ddt wrestling podcast with dc matthews and doc manson
1: doc manson at doc manson i'm just checking in how's the ooze coming
0: it's oozing i'm not as oozy as i had hoped to be honest um I got a lot of people who still want to meet with me for various reasons, so my days have still been kind of full, but at the same time, I'm not having to prep and stuff, so so it's definitely a degree of ooze, and I am appreciating that, certainly. Mm-hmm. So, oh so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going okay. It's going okay, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for asking.
1: What in the world could they possibly want?
0: Some people still want to meet to talk about the last assessment. Some people are meeting with me about Letters of recommendation. Um, And I'm getting countless emails with people trying to schedule makeup exams for a quiz that I'm not administering. And I keep telling them, no, go talk to the other guy. And now I've started getting, now I'm I'm on the other side of that, where now I'm getting students who went and asked the other guy, but the other guy never got back to them. And so now they're reaching out to me again because the other guy never got back to him and I'm going to reach out and say hey try again because I'm still not administering this quiz.
1: Have you spoken to the person who's now in charge? No. Are they having an issue in communication or is it just What are you eating? Let's let's talk let's start there. Some Starry's. sort of
0: cupcake. I think it came from some sort of bakery maybe over near you. But okay. I think it was brought to Mrs. Manson's place of work as part of a birthday celebration for one of her coworkers. Mm-hmm. But there was leftovers, so can you hold one it up so I can me. see it? I'll recommend it. Oh yeah, it. it's like a chocolate cake uh, oh, with yeah. like a oh, yeah. uh, cookies, cookies and, cream. and cream. Yep. That's topping. a local.
1: I could walk to that to one of their they have two locations. I could walk to one of well. I could technically walk to both of them, but one I could get there in 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. it's. I mean, it's
1: okay. I wish it had a filling in it or something. I enjoy those cupcakes because they're the one place where the cupcakes can be as good as the frosting, which is rare for me. Usually it's 90% frosting and 10% enjoyment is from the cupcake. Um, But I will say it does have to be a specific, like they have certain types that are good. Okay. And the rest
0: of them are okay. I'm still quite glad to have um, had somebody think of me and bring it to me and share it with me. Yes. Thank you, Mrs. Manson. You are A-okay in my book. She deserves deserves your praise. Hmm. Absolutely, sir. So I don't know. There's have, that.
1: You, have you done anything particularly oozy? Have you gotten lost in a video game? Is there some project uh, that you're doing? Have you Not watched, really. Have you watched 28 hours of horror movies and or wrestling shows and just filled your time with that? Have you reignited a passion long since thought? I, I haven't brutal? had that kind
0: of free time. So, So no, not really. I have been playing a bit of Dead Cells again, but I've been doing that kind of off and on for a little bit here. Um, I did watch some wrestling, which we could talk about at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, How about yourself? What's going on with you? What's new in the daily life of the DC? Oh,
1: goodness. Uh, I am getting my third new student tomorrow um, as opposed to the other class, which has gotten zero new students so that wait wait okay
0: did you start with significantly less students than they did um for the first two yes for the first two
1: yes and uh my class as it always is was heavily heavily leaning uh male and so the first two new students we got were female so it helped to balance things out uh, this is a situation where my coworker is out on uh, family medical leave that was unexpected. She was supposed to be back. No, she was back Monday and then had to go back out. Um, and so it didn't really seem fair to uh, add a person to her classroom in which no. she might not be there for a couple of weeks. You don't think and, that's fair. And And then I come to find out that, you know, there may be some substance abuse in the family. There may be some behavior issues with the kid and that I was not expecting. Oh. Uh but by that point it's too late. I've you know, it's already been arranged that they're coming to me. So, you know, it's just gonna be a yabba do time. Yabba do? Sure. I don't know. Yabba dabba do? So so that's been a little stressful trying to juggle that and uh, you know, yeah. the, the 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 teacher wasn't expecting to be out, so she didn't make Huge amounts of plans, so I've been, you know, I taught thirty four kids phonics again. I just taught both classes today, and which is not the end of the world. But what's that like, phonics? Uh, you know, it's where you're working on word patterns. So today was okay. Some words, you know, if it's a one syllable word and it the k sound comes after a vowel, it's ck. And all you want to say is, like, the word fuck, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, man, you are. But you can't. You're something special, aren't you? But you can't. Students must love you.
1: But you can't. I did I did worry that I was going to get, somebody was going to catch up onto something when I said the word was flick. And I said, you know, there was a crumb from my snack on my paper, so I had to flick it off. And I was waiting for someone to be like, flick off, that's giving the finger. But. Thankfully, no one picked up on that. That I'm aware no
0: one of. made that connection.
1: That I'm aware of. All right. So yeah. So it's been a, it's been a little stressful at uh, at work this week, but
0: that sounds it. Yep. It will
1: be fine. It will be fine. Uh, Mrs. Matthews' birthday is next Wednesday, so that will be nice to uh, be able to celebrate her and. You know, we may be heading off to the Cape for the day, though last I heard she was not sure if that was exactly what she wanted to do. So I'll wait. And eventually is she I'll...
0: older than all of us? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I know, suppose I technically
1: that. not GQ, but of the four of us, yes. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, GQ yeah, doesn't count.
1: She's, you know, she's 33 days older than me, which would make her 36 days older than you.
0: Yeah. So G- GQ is ageless is what I meant. So. He is. He is. He is. He is. I might like see a, him on this weekend again. I, well, and I've, I have had a plethora I of GQ. Hear, so
1: I want to hear about this because I'm waiting for a text back from the bastard because I texted him and said, uh, where was it? Did you go see AEW? I texted him that yesterday. Have not heard back at all. He did. This,
0: he did. He did go see AEW.
1: Uh, how was um, the, the Let's. Introduce children to alcohol.
0: It was how good. Was that? How was that show? It was a good show. Um, although, you know, I think the first thing, this is gonna maybe be a slight hot take, but not that hot, actually. You know how, on recent on recent shows we were talking about how Jericho really should be like the undertaker of AEW, trot him out twice a year, once a year, whatever, and actually have him be involved in a big program, something like that. Yeah. Um this is, oh. The hot take part of this is, I'm not sure he's capable of being the under being in that Undertaker role at this point,
1: because he's too good or he's not good enough. Like, he's are we not talk, good enough? Are we anymore. are we talking Taker like that match with him and Kane versus uh, Hunter and Triple Hunter and Shawn Michaels that was so bad?
0: Yeah, like now, admittedly, I guess if he did if he did pull back a little bit. And he only came out once or twice a year, and he could really put his all into that. Maybe, maybe, maybe my tune would change awful quick. Because I do think he's still got it in him, right? Mm-hmm. But like I was thinking about it. I think the I think Jericho has had the worst matches of the card of pretty much all of the recent AEW pay-per-views I've seen. Um not I mean, well, not counting any card that had Jade Cardgill on it, but Sorry, she's so green. She's got a great look. She looks very intimidating. Like, I think she's got a great, strong character and all of that. But she is not a good wrestler. And unfortunately, they keep putting her into matches with people who are unable to cover that for her. And it just, yeah. So her matches have tended to be the true low point of the shows. Uh, But she was not on AEW Revolution, which we watched last Sunday. Uh, so true. Jericho might have had the the least fulfilling match on that show, uh, and I'm sure part of that was because I really don't have any idea who Ricky Starks is. He doesn't outlandish. Seem, he doesn't seem to have any personality that I was able to um, discern. And so and like I, so, I don't know. Some part of that's probably on me, but yeah, like that was just not. A memorable match and for that to be the match that you start the show off with uh well didn't get me into it that much but hey at least it was over quickly and we moved on from there right mm-hmm. And it's not like it was a bad match like it was it was a competent match like I think I, I think uh I don't know I, I assume Meltzer would give it a, a a three stars maybe two I don't know right it's not it wasn't a bad match it was just it was just a wrestling match on a show where I, I think we expect more than that now, you know. I think we expect more than that from them, so eh, so it is what it is, right? Okay. Um, um. Also, I also wanted to point out there's some guy, I don't know what his name is, that they're, they're backstage guy now. Um. Do you do you know who this is? Um. Do you have a name or? Uh, that's the thing i don't have a name i'll look uh, hold on he looks he it's funny he looks like a really young bret hart except he's got um you know these, these the thick black horn rim glasses sort of thing but like he oh he's got, rj rj yeah him um i don't know what the hell was going on but there was this one time if you remember way back in the day when we used to watch uh impact wrestling and their pay per use there was this one impact Show where it was like they had all backstage decided that they were going to give the most ridiculous promos and everybody was just trying to outdo each other all night long. Do you remember that? Whoop-dee-doo in your hair, Mexico North that night? Um, I don't know what happened with Renee and RJ, but they, like, it was amateur hour uh, setting up the show and all these backstage segments. And it was like, I assume... It must be, like, cringe humor that they are using to to edit into 30-second TikToks to try to go for a younger audience. Like, that's my assumption. But, like, RJ was literally, like, talking to the Jericho Appreciation Society guys about how hard their nipples were. And, like, he was, like, touching them. And, and, and like, it was really, really outlandish. <clears throat> and our, uh, RJ... I don't know if it's
1: RJ City or RJ Skinner. Um, He was a a wrestler. He was a wrestler. I don't know if he still is. He's done some documentaries. He does silly sort of interviews. People seem to love him. I've seen some of his stuff. It can be funny, and it can be like, you are trying way too hard, bro.
0: Yeah, and like, Renee was like falling into that same energy, you know? And, like, some of, like, the pre-show stuff where she was literally between matches and segments. Like, she was on a hot mic in the arena. So, like, everybody in the arena, I think, could hear her. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. us. But, like, it just seemed like the worst planned thing in the world. Like, it's like she was trying to sell the show because we're watching it on pay-per-view. But I think everybody in in, in the arena was also hearing it. And, like, it didn't. It didn't make any sense. It was like, why aren't you doing something separate for the people in attendance? Because they're there. You're not trying to sell a show to them. I, I don't, it was very strange. And the and the comedy just, it didn't land for me. It didn't land for GQ. It didn't land for Mrs. Manson. It didn't land for the arsacist. It, it just didn't land for any of us. So I, I, again, I think there probably is an audience. Something tells me. It's aimed at some TikTokers out there, or something like that. They're trying to they're trying to get uh, a viral I, video out there, or something. But uh, so so here's
1: the thing: everybody wants promos to be free form. Everybody wants people to be able to riff or say what they want. People say WWE has too much structure. You know, they're being told. I want
0: people do. who are competent and good performers to be given that freedom, to yeah. earn it.
1: But not everybody has that ability.
0: Yeah, that's my point.
1: Renee Young, was that her name? Yeah. Paquette? Yeah, but I think she was Renee Young in WWE. Correct. Yeah. She worked well in the system. And she was very good at, you know, kind of working with that and being the person who sits next to a Daniel Bryan or a Miz. And lets them go off the rails because they are a trusted performer and you react to them and then you try to right the ship. Given her freedom, I don't know. You know, I haven't seen much, if any, of her AEW work, but maybe not so much.
0: Yeah, I think part yeah. of it was the fact that she was trying to follow this RJ guy. I think she was feeding off of him and it just didn't work. I think you're right. When you put her in there and she's sort of the straight man um, reacting to other things, that's okay. But, like, even, like, Sanjay Dutt was out there yucking it up. And, like, she was trying to play off of him. And no sprinkler. No sprinkler. Ah, oh, come on. But, like, it was, yeah. Like, it was. It really felt like amateur hour. It felt like, it also felt like, normally those pre-shows have a number of matches. There was only one match on this pre-show. So, yeah, like, it was pretty anemic. To start with. And then usually like between the matches, they're usually playing video packages, right? Mm-hmm. Selling the uh, the matches later in the night. I swear to you for the first like 45 minutes of this one hour pre-show, it was like the USB stick that had all the video packages on it had not arrived at the arena and the production truck just didn't have it. And like yeah. suddenly like f- 15 minutes before the show started, suddenly video packages were there. But like there was like none up until that. It was very strange. It was it was a very strange night. I thought. Um, did you watch the pre-show match? Yes. Doesn't yes, it? it bo-
1: Does it bother you that two, a third of that is two hundred five live castoffs? No.
0: No, they're okay. all very talented.
1: When I watched the first episode of Honor Club, the first hour was great. The second hour was just it just seemed like it was, hey, these are former TNA or WWE people that, you know, I don't know. I don't did see- not
0: realize that Aria Divari and that Tony Nese were in this match until just now, looking at the names on this list in front of me. I knew that Mark Briscoe was in the match. Yeah. I knew the Lucha Brothers were in the match, and I knew they were facing... Uh, a team of people like yeah. the other they, they none of them t- stood out to me i did not recognize any of them i am mostly face blind also but yeah mm-hmm. i did not recognize any of those other people i did not the realize other guy on them. that
1: team who is josh woods i did see a match of his from the honor club i like josh woods he wrestled that guy uh Takeshita from uh new japan or japan I like okay yeah so uh what else stood out? We don't need to go match by oh, match. Oh, we do I mean, have
0: to go match by match. Right? Because, okay. There's not enough so the, wrestling on this show. So
1: So the opener is Jericho, Jericho and Starks, which Rick fell Starks. flat for you. Yeah, ben, I mean, again,
0: solid enough match. But uh, after that, we move on to a last burial match. Yes. Which apparently is what they call a casket match when you don't have permission to use the copyrighted phrase casket match or buried alive match. Uh, what did they
1: used to call it in... Um, Lucha Underground. Grave Consequences. Was that it?
0: Yes, I think so. And that's a much better name also. It is, actually. Although I will say, the thing I liked about the last burial match is when you think about this as being like the blow-off of a feud in which Christian Cage has just been completely burying Jungle Boy on the mic week after week, the name Last Burial Match kind of had a a fun Mm -hmm. little little irony to it like taken in that context of the word in the context of pro wrestling, um, a complete burial, you know, of this guy. I thought that, I, I don't know if, the, I think they weren't intentionally leaning into that a little bit. And that that worked for me. That, that part okay. of it did work for me. Um, I thought that was a really good match also. Um, Christian, I'm going to, uh, this is going to be a hot take right here. Hot take. Maybe not for anybody who knows me, but I think that Christian Cage is far more talented than Edge. And I, I think he did a great job in this match. I think he did a great job in this feud. You hate him. He's being completely unreasonable jackass. And like, you just can't help but, but root for Jack Perry against that sort of inscrutable uh, heilosity that Christian brings to this program. Now, am I concerned? that jungle boy, Jack Perry coming out on top of this match here, ready to move on to the next fresh thing as the big star, whatever. Am I concerned that he's not going to be able to find success in future programs? Because a lot of the, dare I say charisma of this entire program uh, was from the other performer. Yes. Yes, indeed. Right. So, but we'll see, you know, Jack Perry, I think has grown a lot since AEW started, so maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the opportunity where he's able to go out there and we see what he's actually capable of. Is it the sink or swim moment? Because in the ring, he's swimming. Dude knows what he's doing. Um, people really can feel sympathy for him. He He's playing that part well. But can he actually pull his weight telling a story where he's not really being carried by Captain Charisma. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Right right now,
1: early March 2023, what is Jack Perry's ceiling? Yeah. Is, he, is he a world title contender? Is he a future world champion? Is he mid-card at best?
0: Right now, in- I think he's TV title material. Okay. I think he could be a TV title champion for a bit. And I think that could be a proving ground for him. I think technically he's got the skills that he could go further, but he's got to lose the sideburns and (laughs) he's got to show me something else on the microphone. Like he's got, he's got to show me something more than what I've seen. I I do think it's an important victory. I think it's an important milestone for him and his growth because he's another one of those people where he's, I, you know, I think he's, he was very green in a lot of different ways and he's transcended that in a, in a lot of different ways, but I don't know that he's transcended it completely yet. I don't know if he's going to be able to. Jade Cargill, I've started to give up on. You know what I mean? She She's very athletic. Well, I thought that is, she had some potential, but I haven't seen any movement or growth from her at all. It so, is
1: interesting that she's not on this card at all, not even on the pre-show. Right.
0: Maybe Absolutely. she's hurt. I don't
1: know. Maybe. I, fi- I, I don't know. Two final questions. Uh, I saw something on Twitter. It was one thing, and it was probably just some random fan speculating. Does Christian stick around in AEW, or was this a way to write him off TV for whatever reason?
0: Could go either way, right? With a casket match, um, and especially a casket burial match, um, I could see him being written off for a while, right? Um, And I think probably he probably should disappear for a while. He's not young anymore he's had trouble with concussions et cetera. right um so i think i don't think he needs to be an active part of the roster for long periods of time i would love to see him move into a mouthpiece role almost exclusively but occasionally getting physical but i, I can understand that maybe he doesn't want to do that maybe he feels like he still has something to give in the ring and certainly i think I don't know, man. I I think he does have some... Like, you put this match back-to-back with Jericho's match. This was a more enjoyable match than Jericho's match. I think Jericho has higher highs. I think Jericho, overall, in terms of the career that he's had, is the stronger overall performer. But right now, I think Christian Cage has that edge still, even with all his problems that he's had. So I shouldn't hope that he's going
1: to show up at WrestleMania to help edge against Judgment Day?
0: I sure hope not. I sure hope not. Um, and that brings us to the World Trios Championship match. Kenny Omega, the Bucks, mm-hmm. versus House of Black.
1: Featuring Buddy Matthews, no relation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Julia Hart was there, not as a cheerleader, but as the woman in black. Um, okay. This was a great match. It's interesting to me, though, because we had a conversation during the match in, in the room, just very brief, I guess, but an observation that I had made and this this is not gonna come to a surprise you're gonna shake your head and just say absolutely absolutely like that's an obvious observation but um you know the young bucks they 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 don't they don't work for me that well like I do think they're incredibly talented, like they're very athletic, all that but like their move set at this point is so super chaotic it's so choreographed all of their All of their work is such a shtick that, like, to me, their matches are comedy matches at this point, right? And Kenny Omega is brought down by association with the Bucks. I think this continued association of Kenny Omega with the Young Bucks is detrimental to Kenny Omega and the role that he could be serving in AEW. I hope that they part ways. Because I think Kenny Omega is capable of so much more than being part of this comedy trio. And I know you might disagree. It's not comedy the way that Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy are comedy, right? But I, again, the degree to which a lot of this stuff is choreographed, and Kenny just gets right in there as the third super kick You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's wasted potential. I feel like he could be doing something else, something more. Um, I, I will tell you, uh, Don Callis,
1: a.k.a. Cyrus, a.k.a. The Jackal from the Truth, uh, posted a picture of he and Kenny Omega, and it was something like, we're refocused now. You know, everybody good. stand back. So I'm assuming Kenny Omega is returning to singles action you know, Kenny Omega versus MJF. There's, there's places you can go with that.
0: Yeah, I will say House of Black was awesome. Yeah, uh, Malachi Black is awesome. Buddy Brody Matthews,
1: King. Brody King.
0: Buddy Matthews is good, obviously, right? But yeah, Brody King, man, <laughs> that dude is a superstar. Like you want to talk about like Big Domo, or I forget what his name was in in <laughs> in the WWE. Dane, uh Killian Dane. Killian Dane. Like, this is what Killian Dane could have, shoulda, would have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Brody King. He's just a wall of meat. And Jesus Christ. He's athletic. And it look he's he is something like that whole team meshes so well together. Mm-hmm. Um, they deserve the win. They deserve the titles. I'm happy that they're doing something with Malachi Black. Uh, but, you know, like, I will say the one thing that also stood out in that match when Malachi Black was in that ring with Kenny Omega. Jesus, that is something I need to see one on one with some stakes that it just has me salivating thinking about that program. Um, really enjoyed that. That was that was a good showing from the House of Black. I'm very glad. I love the House of Black. You know, wouldn't been
1: my choice of opponents, but I'm glad they got the chance to shine. Uh, I was wrong in this next match. I would have bet you money that we were going to see a new women's champion. And from the looks of it didn't happen. Did not
0: happen. I was actually pretty sure Ruby Ruby Soho was in there to eat the pin uh, so that Jamie Hayter could remain champion. And that is exactly what happened. Um, And, you know, this was a solid match, a solid effort from these ladies. They made the right choice in having this be a three-way dance. Soraya is able to come out there, um, do her stuff, but not have to carry the match. because And she, she's not there yet, right? We talked about in her debut match that she had clearly missed a step. She was going to need some more training. I'm concerned, because this is now several months later. Um, I don't know how how many months it has been since that debut match back. It's been a while. Um, And some of what I saw in this match, I hesitate to call it ring rust. And this is all speculation. But, you know, she it seems like Paige has had a hard life. She's got the medical problems. Mm -hmm. There's been personal things. uh, Speculating, you know, substances. I don't know. But, like, there were parts of this match where, like, there was one part where she was outside of the ring. And... I don't remember if it was Ruby or if it was Hater. I think it was Hater. And she was just like basically doing an Irish whip into the barricade with her. And it was like Soraya forgot to let go and kind of just went with her. It was was weird. It was odd. Um, There were several things like that where it was like the reaction time was just missing or something. You know what I mean? And so that was... I don't know, man. That makes me a bit concerned. Uh, again, last time we said it's been a long time. Of course, she's going to have some ring rust. This, these she came sorts back, of errors were odd to me. She came back in November.
1: And this is, I think, one of the flaws you get. There are pros to this idea. They wrestle once a week. Like So even if she wrestled every week, which she doesn't, you're wrestling once a week. I like to say so, that
0: they have a training center that, or a gym where they can get together and she can be running the ropes and working with someone on their off time. But yeah, maybe not. I mean, maybe not. I, I, I would like to think so. I
1: don't know. So let's see. She has wrestled. Uh, she wrestled at Full Gear in November. She wrestled once in January, twice in February. And then uh, this match. So she has had five matches back since a five year.
0: I mean, I get ki- it. But at the same time, like you look at people like, and I, I'm not going to say that he was ever, whatever, I'm sure people have stronger pains, but like you look at somebody like The Rock, right? And yeah, he comes to WrestleMania and he's gassed in five minutes because Cardio's fucking hard, man. But like you see him, he is training. He is in there doing yeah. what he's got. To, he's putting in the work. He he clearly wants to do it. He wants to look good. He wants to deliver for the fans. And my concern is when somebody comes back, and I'm not saying this is Saray, I don't know what she's doing in her off time. She might be working every day as hard as she can. But if that's the case, I'm not seeing the results of that drive um, to be the best that she can be, at least not in the match that was put on at Revolution, Right. So, I don't know. That makes me a little sad. I, I hope that that's not the case. And it was just, maybe she overdid it practicing the day before, right? And she was just out of it. She was overworked and overtired. And maybe the next one will be fantastic. I don't know. But, um, again, a solid match. But, like, it was clear that the other two were doing the heavy work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the Texas death match? Bloody and disgusting. Moving on, um, okay. Yeah, Not, I mean, it so, was a solid. It's exactly the match that you think it is, right? Lots of barbed wire, lots of bleeding, gross. Okay, gross. If that's your thing, and at one point in time, maybe that was my thing. It's less my thing now. Um, it's fine. I respect it. I respect the the art of whatever it is. The and you know what these guys are putting into it. But to me, that, that, those sorts of matches, you know what they are. They're a known quantity. There's a limit. And yeah, it was good. But it is what it is. Samoa so Joe versus Wardlow, excellent match. Although, again, it was an excellent match. But man, I miss... In his prime, Samoa Joe. I can't. I I have trouble watching Samoa Joe now, and not. And I have trouble not thinking about how good he used to be. I'm not saying he's not good now. He he he's still good, but God damn, he used to be real good.
1: Yeah, back in 2007.
0: I know it's been almost 20 years, and he's had a full career since then. He's had countless injuries. I get it. I'm not saying he's not due. Um, but I, I just I just think, oh man, if only this could have happened with Samoa Joe in his prime, right? It's always mm-hmm. a little bittersweet, I guess. Um but again, a solid big fellow match. Uh Powerhouse Hobbs. I know he's got the brass was ring. In, was
1: he in this match?
0: No, but he was watching from the stands because he's got the brass ring, which. Apparently gives him a title shot against the winner here, um, which would be Wardlow with the winner, oh, right? Got it. Okay. I don't Paras Hobbs does not have it. He's got the look, mm-hmm. but he's got no charisma. Like even like little things bothered me about his presentation. Like at the end of the match, Wardlow's like in the ring, and you know, he's holding up the championship because He's the fucking champion now. And I think they switch over to, to Hobbs in the stands and Hobbs is like lifting up the brass ring, right? Like as though that were a championship. And and, first of all, the brass ring looks like a hemorrhoid pillow that they spray painted. I was going to
1: say, isn't it just gold inflatable
0: tube? Yeah. It's pathetic. First of all, that is a pathetic aesthetically looking prop. Um, and and he and he then he he like he points to it and instead of being like instead of like that pointing at Wardlow like I'm coming for you he's like he's like he's waving Wardlow in like as though he's the champion saying come and get me come and get me and like it just it, it was so awkward I was like that's not I know it's such a small thing but I was just like that is not what the challenger does. Like you're not like inviting the champion to come take your hemorrhoid pillow. It just it just came across as bad. Like like you're not aware of the dynamics that should exist in in this feud. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm nitpicking. I don't so, know.
1: Well, so okay. So I understand we have more to talk about. But there are some there are some through lines here in terms of just, you know, whether it was the pre-show nonsense or, you know, it, is it just that the inmates are running the asylum and nobody's yeah. going through and being like, hey, let's actually teach, you know, Rego left and all of a sudden nobody's I, teaching us how to do this anymore? Admittedly,
0: I'm not watching the week-to-week stuff but this felt like the most i hesitate to use the word ramshackle but it felt like the most last minute put together show i have ever seen from AEW it it did not have it clearly, as you were as you were saying it clearly did not have that level of production it it there was something missing from the this show when it was put together. I don't know what that was, but there was something missing. Yes. And I've never felt that watching an AEW show before. This show Mm. felt like this was an early 2000, well, not 2000s. um, uh, Maybe. Yeah, I guess like mid-2000s TNA show. Yeah. And usually I feel like AEW is many steps beyond that. I often feel like their production... I won't say it matches the WWE because the WWE is a production fucking machine. But sure. I, I do feel like they were on a higher level than other third-party wrestling promotions that I have seen in recent years. Um, yeah. And I feel like something has gone Again, amiss. I,
1: I know we're not done.
0: Yeah. Had you paid... 50
1: or $60 for this show, as opposed to the 20 that you paid,
0: you think you'd be even more upset? I'm not upset though. Like I am pick, I am picking apart things here, but like overall, all of these matches were pretty fucking good overall. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I am saying that Soraya had issues, but again, they very smartly put her in there with Ruby Soho and Jamie Hayter. And Jamie Hayter is relatively new, but she's solid. And Ruby Soho was fucking Ruby Soho. Yeah. So, like, they still put the, on a real Texas, good match.
1: The Texas death match was bloody and disgusting, but also still good.
0: It was a real good match. It was one of those matches. So there's nothing to say about it, but it was a real good one of those matches. Okay. You know what that I mean? Was, like, all the wrestling was. Yeah. When I, Again, when Jericho is in the worst match on your show... Like, I'm not, and I'm not saying that Jericho was terrible in this match. He's still mm-hmm. solid, but when that's your worst match, I think that's pretty fucking good, right? Okay. All right. I just wanted
1: to make sure that I knew where Yeah, you I were. mean,
0: maybe, again, the nitpicking I'm doing maybe comes making it come across more negative than not, but I do think it was a solid show overall, but some, some questionable decisions were made along the way. That is for sure. Um.
1: Do you agree? Do you feel like there was questions in the tag team match? No. Are the guns any good? I'm a Billy Gunn fan, so I want them to be good.
0: So the guns are, are the champions in this match, right? So the guns, the acclaimed Jay yeah. Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Danhausen, and Orange Cassidy, with the teams. Um, they are clearly the least capable of the teams in this match. They, they have no charisma to speak of. They have no ability to, to emote, whether that be in words or actions or whatever. I don't care for them at all. And I, they're also probably the weakest of the wrestlers in this match. And again, they're not bad. I've seen lots of bad tag teams in the WWE. They're not bad. They... They are tag team wrestlers. They know how each other works. Like they're competent. But they're your champions? And in a four-team match, they're the worst team there. It just that that does that did seem odd to me. Why are these guys your champions? Um, however, that said, there's so much fucking talent in this match. Um, it was a great match. Like Dan Housen. And Orange Cassidy did their comedy shtick, but at the same time, the thing that I like most about them is they do the comedy shtick, but they're still great wrestlers when it comes time to get serious. Even Danhausen pulled out some moves in this match where it was like, "Oh yeah, he can go," and that was nice. You know what I mean? That was nice. Where um, does Jay-
1: Jeff? Where does Jeff Jarrett rank? Christian Cage on one side. Chris Jericho on the other. Where's he on that spectrum? You know,
0: he's good. I I think Jeff Jarrett. I think one of the big problems with Jeff Jarrett is the way that he booked himself in TNA. Oh, absolutely. But he is actually and a a very good pro wrestler. He he's good in the ring. He's got that. He does have a charisma to him. Um, I think he he's sort of leaning into it at this point, even more so. He's basically doing a nature boy shtick to some extent. Um, but he's he's doing it, and you hate him, and and he's but he's still solid in terms of an older guy that's in the ring with these guys. He's not missing a step. He okay. looks like he belongs. Good for him. And as far as I know, he hasn't had any of those injury things like Christian. I feel like Jeff Jarrett could keep going full pace for a while, perhaps. Um, I,
1: if they wanted to tell me, you know what we're going to do this summer, we're going to take six weeks and we're going to do a Jeff Jarrett versus MJF story. I'd be like,
0: okay, I don't need to see Jeff Jarrett in the main event <laughs> picture ever, ever, ever. <laughs> but as a solid hand that, and that is his place is to be that solid hand.
1: So you're saying he's above the Horner line?
0: Oh, one. Oh, he he's well above the Horner line, but like, but yeah, like if they want to use him in that capacity as this weathered, old, grizzled veteran heel who's been around the block and you're gonna have difficulty getting one over on him, and you gotta watch out because he's tricksy and he doesn't have any qualms about breaking out a guitar to smash it over your head when you ain't paying attention. Like that is a. That elder statesman heel persona works very well. Very well. Um, and I, I, I think in terms of the older guys, I do think he, he's now one of the more capable on this roster. So I have no complaints about any of the older guys, really, that showed up on the show. Um, this match was a lot of fun, I think, overall. Unfortunate that the guns retained Um, FTR coming back at the end. Oh, I didn't know that was a nice touch. Good. And I look forward to seeing what they do. And it was main event time. Yeah. uh, As
1: someone who does not watch. You haven't watched wrestling in a while. You're not really into it. I was wondering how you would handle a 60 minute match.
0: Um, I don't like iron matches as a rule because mm-hmm. they tend to be extremely Aww. formulaic, as well as being long. Um, I get a pin, you get a pin. I get a pin, you get a pin. Maybe I go up by oh, we're gonna take, uh, all the sales. Uh, I know it wins. I don't know. Like they just to me the problem with an Ironman match is, especially this Ironman match, right? Uh, they this, they they go to do the back and forth, the tiff with that, whatever. And then, of course, uh, at the very end of it, it ends in a draw. And oh well, in the event of a draw, MJF remains the champion. And oh, boo, boo, boo! Everybody's booing. And oh, what's this? Oh, uh, I, I'm getting something over my headset. I'm Tony Shavoni Schiavone. Schiavone. I, I watch me, watch me, Tony fucking Shivoni. <laughs> watch me, fucking waddle to this ring. Over the course of fucking three minutes, taking way too long to get my ass down to that ring. Like I got a load of my goddamn khakis and let me talk to a ref and say, oh, I just got word that uh, this can't end in a draw. And the ref is dumbfounded. The ref is, oh, what do you mean? It can't end in a draw. It's a draw. And he's like, I just heard from upstairs. We got to. We can't end in a draw. We can't end in a draw. He's not going to let it end with a draw. Who's, who's not going to let it draw? Tony said. Tony said. Tony said that? Tony said it can't end with a draw? The Tony who signs my paychecks? That Tony? Is it Tony Khan? Is it that Tony? Like, it was just like the most belabored fucking thing just to get to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to restart the match and somebody's going to win.
1: I would watch you do that. Thank you. Thank you. For I would watch that as an Iron Man match. Just <laughs> you talking about Sh- Tony Schiavone. <laughs> which is the title of this episode, by the way.
0: <laughs> You're going to have Tony to send Schiavone- me a spelling of that. <laughs> Tony
1: Schiavone and his pepperoni.
0: <laughs> um, and so my problem with these types of matches and the way this one was executed in particular is I watch an hour-long Iron Man match. It ends in a draw. You restart the match and it's sudden death, right? So it's a normal match. Why did I watch that first hour? If I had or had not watched it, if I just picked it up right there with the start of the sudden death, I would have missed nothing, essentially. Correct. And so I realize that what a... a, That's true of pretty much any Iron Man match. An Iron Man match is a celebration of the art form that is professional wrestling. You have to be able to just watch the wrestling, the individual exchanges, and you have to be able to watch that and be entertained and to have, I think, an underlying awe, appreciation anyways, for the craft that is pro wrestling. And as such, this is not a match that is for those were short attention spans. It is not a match for people who want to see only the big spots and the super kick parties. This has to be somebody who is invested in and loves professional wrestling. And I do love professional wrestling, but for me, the in ring action is often secondary to what I find enjoyable to professional wrestling. So I'm not sure that an Iron Man match. Is meant for me. I don't think I enjoy it as much as some people do.
1: I don't know that an Iron Man match is meant for anybody. Like you talk about like the world has a short attention span. If you had said we were going to do a 30 minute Iron Man match, even that for many people, is like, that's a long time, you know, and they, You know, they did. I was just looking here. The Texas death match was almost half an hour. So that's, that's a lot. And I, you know, I, one of my favorite matches uh, that I watched as a kid is Brett versus Sean, which went an hour to a zero, zero tie. Right. Um, you know, and there have been some where, you know, somebody gets out to like a four, nothing lead, but then the story is, it's not like they win eight to two. No, it's. I would love so I would love to see that Iron Man match. I'm a. am pr- I'm always impressed when you get a two out of three Falls match that goes two and that's it. Yeah. And somebody that just never beats, happens, you right? straight, beats you in straight falls. I think there was like a Dolph Ziggler Cesaro one that may have happened. Yeah. But otherwise, no, it always goes. I would straight. love just-
0: to see an Iron Man match in which it ended ten to zero. Like I would love yeah. to see that. Now, that said, yeah. I think that if you take a step back and you look at the story, I think they did perhaps a service to their champion MJF ultimately here. This match, if you watch it, you watch it, you see him going up against the wrestling fucking machine that is the American Dragon, and you step back and you say at the end of this thing, Jesus, MJF can go. Like, I know... He's got a nice-looking physique. I know he's a shit heel. He's got the charisma. I know he is a really talented, modern, professional wrestler. But I don't often think about his strength being the in-ring action. Sure. And this match showed that he could spend an hour in there with Daniel Bryan and fucking put on a great wrestling match. So, like, I think that was designed to make AEW... Uh, fans look at MJF in a different light, a different perspective, and if that was the goal, I think perhaps it was effective. Okay, yeah, it re- re- reminded me that he could go, and I, I you know, I, that's not something I normally think of with MJF. Was I disappointed in the match ultimately? Yes. Do I think that um, Danielson actually tapping out at the end to his own move? Was a little lame, yes, um, but overall pretty good. And and to and to circle back to something that you mentioned at the start of the show. I don't get the 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 outrage of MJF taking a drink from someone and 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 throwing it on their child because if I have if I have ever seen a staged uh, shtick moment. That was one. I don't care what anybody says on any of their shows. This kid was wearing long pants and a shirt, and he had a a, a concession stand wrestling shirt on over his own shirt. He had a jacket on. He had a hat on. The collar was fucking up. He was as covered as could possibly be, looking like a kid getting ready to go outside on a snow day. (laughs) And he's the one who got splashed with with a quarter of a cup of liquid. Yeah, you can't tell me that that wasn't run by the mom and they gave him a bunch of merch from the stand uh, as for participating in that. Uh, I don't believe for a second it wasn't staged. That kid was done up like he was out in a snowstorm. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay, then. So
1: overall, despite the nits you picked. A a solid B+. Just like Daniel Bryan.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say, I think that's maybe the lowest I've ever rated any AEW pay-per-view I've watched. Um, I think every other one I've ever watched, I would rate somewhere in the A range. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: But still a solid show. Does that make you nervous?
0: No. No. Not really. No. I think any product has to have its ebbs and flows. And AEW Revolution is not their big show of the year. Um, Admittedly, they only have a few shows. So every show needs to feel like a bigger show. But not every show is supposed to be all out. Right? It's not like the
1: international WWE, which did... uh What was it? The last show they just said Elimination Chamber in Canada, then WrestleMania in Hollywood, then Backlash in Puerto Rico. Then they're doing King and Queen of the Ring in Saudi Arabia, then Money in the Bank. But you have to, the
0: thing with WWE is they put on so many pay per views, or there was a time when they did, anyways, that many of those shows were meaningless. Like many of those shows were lesser than their weekly television at some points, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man, the WWE is a bad example of actually having, if
1: if WWE comes out with a B plus pay-per-view, everybody's like, Hey, all right. Yeah.
0: Hey, pulled it off. You guys really pulled it off this time. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I even would have been an A if Jade Cargill had been on the show of that. I am sure. So hopefully Tony, Tony, Tony Khan, Tony Khan, who signs my paychecks, Tony, hopefully he is hearing this podcast and he will put Jade Cargo on the next show. If he's not, Tony Schiavone does. (laughs) Fair enough, sir. And so we spent Uh, an hour talking about wrestling. Holy moly. Did anybody expect that from the DDT Wrestling Podcast?
1: Hey, I even had a second wrestling question that I was potentially going to pose to you. I don't think we need it. I think we can go. We will even skip the hypotheticals that will wait, that will be here next week when we need it or whenever we record again. Uh, I'm ready to go straight to the emails if you are.
0: All right. Sounds good. Podcast
1: at DDT wrestling.com. I see five emails here, not counting the spam message we got from Eric Young, who has uh, left TNA. To, ask, to now work and ask us if we'd like to buy electric mountain bike.
0: I see six.
1: What's the sixth
0: one? I don't know.
1: I see Mrs. Manson. I see Che, Nate, Glenn, and Banks.
0: I have one from a Daniel.
1: Okay. I'm not seeing that. Is that Scorpio? Is that the jalapeno? I don't think so. Let me, I'm checking all the folders here. I'm not seeing a Daniel.
0: Oh, you know okay. what? This is a spam message. I was thrown off because it was addressed to Ola, DC Matthews, Doc Manson, and GQ. I th- so I thought, I assumed that they were actually listening to us. But um, uh,
1: I was going to say. Never mind. I always, like to, I always like to hear from the Lord Jalapeno. Uh, <clears throat> the first one comes from Mrs. Manson. And awkwardly, the subject line is nudes. Dear DC and Doc, if I stumbled across nudes of an acquaintance on the interwebs, under no circumstances would I bring it up with them. I have a related question, though. What if you found their OnlyFans page? Would that change your answers to the question? Clearly, then it would seem like they were aware of the content out there and maybe making money off it. Maybe tens of fans, maybe thousands of fans. Who knows? With no question mark. While I'm an acquaintance of this person in your original scenario, it doesn't seem like I've ever been in a situation where we have been nude together. If so, my answer may differ, but I feel like what someone does in their birthday suit without me is their own business. Would I share my findings with Doc? You bet. But verbally first, and then only send along a link if you wanted to see also. Consent is key. Consensual love and hugs, Mrs. M. So, have you found GQ's OnlyFans page?
0: I'm subscribing under a fake name account,
1: and then mentioning her, or, or just perving from afar.
0: Hmm. I'm mentioning what it. If, he, if it's GQ, what if we're definitely talking about that. There's if, no way. What we're if not. he's
1: perf- What if he's performing elaborate shadow puppet shows with his genitals? We are
0: definitely talking about that. <laughs> There is no way we're not going to talk about that. I don't know, man. Like, I have to feel like that you, when you do, decide you to get, put yourself you up the there, you know, there's a real possibility people that you know are going to see it. At some level, you have to be okay with it. You're putting it out there into the world, meant to be consumed.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't. If GQ I, came I, I, to me and said, I appreciate that you're supporting me, but I would be far more comfortable if you no longer subscribed to my only fans. I suppose at that point I would do the right thing and unsubscribe and leave him to his personal business. Um, but we'd have to and come then to si- and then, and then sign up under a fake. Absolutely. Account. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate
1: that this was, that was the question and it wasn't, what if it was the wife of a queen?
0: I wouldn't be that interested to be honest. Hot take <laughs> I love
1: you GQ our next email comes from Che A
0: E W hi gents what do you think of the current state of AEW? the build-up to revolution has some fans calling it the worst AEW pay-per-view card with some lackluster matches while well, any compound it saying they've witnessed the greatest ever Iron Man match hmm. it's a pretty good Iron Man match overall are they in a better place than 12 months ago? I don't think so. Is the future bright for them? Yes. My two pence worth is that they've done a good job of promoting the talent they have. Now they've run out of former WWE talent to have debut on the show. Starks, Hobbs, Guevara, Jungle Boy all seem to position to have a go at the top of the card, which is good to see. All the best, Che, set my outlook for Android.
1: I'm trying to think if that's my favorite... Ricky Steamboat and Rick Rude had a very good Iron Man match. Only 30 minutes, but it was very good once upon a time. um, I don't watch AEW. So what do I think the current state of it is? Um, You know, Tony Khan's still in charge. Tony Schiavone's still around. Um, What's his name again? Tony Schiavone. Schiavone. Yeah, but
0: I'll never call him that again. You're welcome. Uh. I think the question of are they in a better place than 12 months ago is complicated, right? I think they were probably better positioned 12 months ago with having a CM Punk back on the card and, and the imagination. That
1: was who it was. I was like, somebody was part of them, and I was like, it's Regal, but that wasn't, you know, punk. that's a loss,
0: yeah. but it's not that big of a loss. It was Punk. Yeah, like 12 months ago, having that being waved underneath the noses of fans was a big deal, right? And so that loss is also a big deal right now. However, I also sort of dig what Che is putting down here. And in some ways, forcing them to regroup around their own homegrown talent is very positive because... They're more unknown quantities that could develop into the next Stone Cold Steve Austin, into the next Rock, into the next CM Punk, right? One of those guys could drop the next pipe bomb. We don't know. And that is exciting to some degree. So are they in a better place? I, I don't, I don't, that's difficult to answer. But I do think the future is potentially bright because potential. Is exciting, yeah, yeah.
1: I think AEW still has the same problem um, that they've had almost since their inception. You have all of these talent that everybody loves: Moxley, Hangman, Omega, MJF, Danielson, Adam Cole, where who seemed you know Malachi Black. And there are not enough spaces to have all of these people. You have Ring of Honor. Like, you've already shuffled Claudio off to Ring of Honor, and you've said he's not going to necessarily be on AEW television because he's the Ring of Honor champion. So you have moved some of them over. Maybe more of them will go that way. But, you know, people on Twitter are fickle, as Daniel Bryan has called them before. They're going to complain if their fa- their particular favorites aren't featured. So if you are a Ricky Starks guy or a Powerhouse guy or a Lance Archer guy or a Orange Cassidy guy, and you're not seeing them doing enough, you're gonna be pissed about it.
0: I just they have enough talent that I wish they would do the thing that we always talk about wrestling companies with big rosters doing. I-, I wish that they would just give everybody on the roster four months off of the year and-, and rotate the guys through. You know what I mean? That way you've got more opportunities for more people to get TV time and to be the center of a program, and you've got some people sticking around for eight months at a time, and so you've got these through lines, but you're still bringing in fresh talent and doing something with that. Does it get complicated? Sure, but like, I feel like the benefits could be good, especially when you have a roster with this many people, and and you're fighting to find a place to showcase them. Right? Um, maybe you've got your Roman Reigns, you've got your guy at the top who's going to be around for 900 straight days as your champion. I'm not saying everybody has to take time off, but you could see him doing it with some subset of the roster, which would ultimately give. You an ability to have fresh matchups, people coming in, going out, healing up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think that would be great if he did it in a more um, structured way. Cause that's, I mean, you could argue that's what they're doing now, but it just seems like people disappear and you just never see him again. Right. Um, yeah. Where's the fuck is Miro? Now, admittedly Miro sounds like he turned into a jackass who's difficult to work with and just refuses every storyline that they bring to him. And he just says, nope, if I'm not going to be the champion, I don't want to play ball. So if that's the case, well, fuck Miro. Don't ever bring him back. Um, but if that's not the case, that's just hearsay, right? Just things I've heard on the internet. If that's not the case, where the fuck is Miro? He's awesome. He, he, he any, any gimmick you give him, he turns to fucking gold. Get him fucking out there. You know? Yeah. But again, you don't know the full story. Uh, who knows what's really causing it? So, yeah. Hard to say. Um, yeah, the last thing
1: I will say is they need a structure. And again, I mentioned Regal. When Regal was there, there was a, not only were he and Brian and everyone like training pe- with people and working Wednesdays before the shows, but it felt like he was at least in some ways helping keep the train on the tracks. Whatever happened with the Punk Omega Dog incident, um, you know. There doesn't Tony Khan does not seem to be uh, the person in charge who is kind of enforcing things. And you need that if you want to be able to, you know, keep everyone going in the right direction and to tell real uh, an entire show's worth of real good stories that doesn't have powerhouse Hobbs inviting Wardlow to come get his floaty. Right. Yeah. So, uh, next email comes from Nate
0: subject email. Good afternoon. M and M Matthews and Manson, I guess, uh, with a mini snowmageddon coming today and tomorrow, eight inches. I'm really starting to think winter will never end. Whenever we get fresh snow, I'll just sit in my car and yell as loud as possible for 30 seconds to get my frustration out. My piece of positivity this week is scream six. I'll hopefully be seeing it Saturday for my friend's birthday. It's my favorite horror franchise, and I'm very excited to see what they do with the story in a new environment. What are your thoughts on the Scream franchise, Doc? One deeper quick question quick before you met your current and forever wife. Did you ever think you wouldn't meet the right person? I hope you both stay safe and enjoy your weeks. Your bestie, Nate, sent from the frozen tundra that I call... H-E double hockey sticks.
1: Do you just yell in your car for 30 seconds,
0: Stock at any point? Not usually, but I could see it being cathartic. Okay. You? No.
1: If I'm I'm trying to get somewhere in a hurry, like in, in a borderline emergency scenario, I may be emphasizing to the cars ahead of me that they should go. But, yeah. What do you think about Scream, Doc? What do you think about
0: Scream? Sorry, Nate. I don't mean to do it dirty. In the email, you say it's your favorite franchise. Um, I think it's overrated. I think Scream 1, fantastic fucking movie. Really um, pulling out that meta- Stuff about the horror movie rules and things. And I think that was super clever for the time. And I think it was really well done. A return to form by Wes Craven. Um, Some really good acting in all of those films. Um, That first film, anyways. A lot of interesting characters. Really well done. And a great slasher movie to boot. The second one, I think, is... Obviously, they're blowing it up, right? Because now it's not about a horror movie. It's about horror sequels. And it's got to be bigger and better and bloodier. And so they're they're incorporating that into the very structure of the movie in addition to saying it out loud as part of the rules of sequels, right? Um, but I do feel like that movie is bloated in ways. And it takes itself maybe a little bit too seriously. Some of the stuff like on the stage with like the different actors and masks and the lights going and Nev Campbell freaking out like as a serious thespian now, because that's apparently what the character is in that film. Um her character, not Nev Campbell, the the character of City Prescott. Um, I just I don't know. Some of it to me doesn't play well anymore. I think that movie is I know it's intentionally bloated. They're they're doing that as meta commentary, but I think part of that hasn't aged well for me. Um and Scream Three is—it's—it's it's not even a horror movie to me. It's—it's a Scooby Doo, it's a Who Done It that really has very little horror elements to it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's basically a mystery film with a really poor tacked-on ending. I think I think that film is as bad as Courtney Cox's haircut. In it, look it up. It's an awful haircut throughout that entire film. Um, Scream 4, there was some time off, right? They have sort of rebooting the franchise, getting some fresh characters in there. And we're going to make it modern. What are the kids these, kids these days? They've got the cell phones and the webcams. And we're going to be hip with the modern tech because original screen had cordless phones. So now we've got to have all the cool webcam stuff. Uh, I thought that film was try hard. I thought it tried way too hard to be fresh and original. And I do think it was better than scream three by a long shot. It was a horror movie. And I think I like it better than scream two. I think I like it better than scream two, but again, I don't think it even comes close to the original Scream, which I do think is a classic of the genre. I just feel like the rest of the films pale in comparison to that first film. um, and then Scream 5, Scream, as it was just called when it came out. Which is interesting, because they didn't call it Scream 5, they just called it Scream. But the next one they are calling Scream 6? I just think that's weird. Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, Scream... Scream 6. I, I, I think that's a weird naming convention. Um, but... I don't know. I didn't see Scream 5. After Scream 4, I was kind of done with that franchise. And so I didn't watch Scream 5. I think Scream 6, I've heard good things about it. I've heard that it's a return to form. I heard it's scary and bloody and et cetera. And I'll say, I'm interested. I am interested in seeing it. GQ, in fact, texted me earlier tonight and said, interested in maybe going to the theater? And I said, "Uh, maybe. I am. And I would go, I think. But I have to see the last one first. And I told him that. And... I think he's maybe coming over this Friday and we're going to watch scream five. So I'll come back with an update, Nate, once I've seen scream five. And maybe if it sounds like scream six is sort of a continuation of scream five, which again was a whole new set of characters, new circumstances. If this is now ignoring scream four, if it's going to be scream five, six, and maybe seven, like a new trilogy that starts getting me a little bit more interested when I was thinking of Scream Five as a one-off, I was I had no interest in seeing it. But if you're telling me that we're actually going to follow some of the same characters, and it's going to be new characters, and it's actually going to sort of expand into a new trilogy, ah, that starts getting me a little bit more interested. Um, I, so I'm I am I think GQ's going to come over. We're going to check out Five. Maybe we're going to go see Six at some point. So maybe I'm I'm falling back into the Scream train. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, first film, super awesome. Second one I do think is good, but a little bloated. Although, admittedly, again, it's intentionally bloated. I understand that. And then the the others just kind of pale in comparison. And the thing I will say about Scream 6, which I think I said on the show before, um, Scream goes to New York. It, it, it just seems going to New York is like a thing that franchises that are past their expiration date do. Um my assumption is that if Scream six is Scream goes to New York, Scream 7 will be Scream goes to space, right? Yes. Uh, and as much as, well, it's interesting because I say Scream goes to New York does nothing for me, but Scream goes to space. Now I'm salivating. Now I'm Jason ready. I'm in X, the theater
1: opening Jason night.
0: X, Jason X. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know, man. I, I feel like the premise, It, it says it, it starts my... My spider sense is tingling, right? Red flags are going off hearing that ghost face ghost in New York. But, um, but I don't know. I've been hearing some good things through the grapevine. I am interested. So I guess I'm going to check it out and I'll let you know what I think. As to your other question, Nate, um, yes. Absolutely. I can remember breaking up with somebody who i had been together with for a long time and saying, I'm tired. I'm tired of the game. I don't even want to date anyone anymore. This is just what a bunch of wasted time. Like forever alone. Like absolutely 100% as uh, as someone who was who was a serial monogamist uh in several long-term relationships back to back. It just uh absolutely absolutely despair Distraught at times, yes, and I think I think that's a that's something that everyone I think it feels at some point or another. Even dare I say G q who ended up married to his high school sweetheart, I still think they had their ups and downs i maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but I bet you he had those same thoughts as well at times. So I think, it again, I don't think anybody's immune. I think that is part of the human experience, Nate. And DC, I cut you off there. If you've got something to add, I'm sorry.
1: I was just going to say yes, but yes, no, I think, I think you're right. I think there are moments where we all sort of sink into our own internal doldrums, and we're like, you know, we're not going to find the... Re- Is my wife the right person for me? Absolutely. Was she immediately the right person for me? and through no work on our own parts, was it just magical? No. that that sort of if 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 that's what you're getting at, Nate, I, I'm gonna have to dissuade you there. There is an incredible amount of work that goes into uh, finding and being with
0: the right person. Agreed. But they do have to be the right person. You can't make the wrong person the right person through any amount of work. If it's really the wrong person. um, You have to be on the same wavelength. You have to be having similar goals. You have to be working towards the same goals. DC, you're absolutely right. Relationships are not easy. They are not magical. They do take work. But you do have to well, be it, cognizant that you can be throwing good money after bad.
1: Yeah, and, and the reason I say that is because I was a person who believed that the right person would come along and it would just magically work. And if there was any trouble, uh, then that was a sign that it wasn't the right person. And there would never be. And, you know, once you found the right person – You would never have any moment strife. There would not be a single, you know, real serious issue. Everything was going to be a okay to the point where I, you know, the first go round, no, the second go round for Mrs. Matthews and I, uh, you know, ended poorly for about two to three weeks or so because there came a point where I was like, we are at an impasse, Clearly, this is not meant to be. And it took, you know, that time to be like, oh, I'm in a miserable state. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was wrong. And luckily, we, you know, she was the right person. So she was patient and understanding. It was like, no, no, jackass. We're, we're going to have problems and we're going to work through it. And I was like, oh, okay, Cool.
0: Yeah, I just I did. I just I do want to just caution because I do think that there can be toxically bad relationships that no amount of work can fix. Mm -hmm. And so you do have to be cognizant of that to go hand in hand with that advice. So perhaps
1: piggybacking off of this question and, you know, I assume Nate is is having his own doldrums wondering if, you know, his right person is out there. How? Does one go about knowing, you know, you were in a long-term relationship that was fine? It was good. And it turned out not to be the right one. Yep. And so how, how do you, and again, we're already over an hour, so maybe we need to save this and have this question be a, a separate episode. At you know, how do you know when it's the right person versus how do you recognize? It's
0: incredibly difficult. The wrong. You have to. You have to put in the legwork. You have to put in the work. You have to do the due diligence. But at some point, you have to be honest with yourself if it's really not working. You know, um, and I don't know that I was ever honest enough with myself, uh, as opposed to waiting for external factors to to make the decision for me. But um, but yeah, I, I think in hindsight, 2020 and all that, I, you know, I think it's probably obvious much sooner than, than I ever acknowledged or, or would admit, right? Um, it was probably obvious at some point it wasn't working, but that can be very difficult to identify in the moment, for sure. Self-reflection is a skill that I feel like I have much stronger now But, yeah. Uh,
1: I will also direct you to, you know, the New York Times has uh, an article that's called The 36 Questions That Lead to Love. Supposedly, you're supposed to ask your partner these questions, and by the end, you will be in love with each other. Um, I, I only bring this up because on a future, actually on three future episodes of The Joy of Booking, um, I will answer these questions. And if you listen, you're going to fall in love with me. You say, so. email. Uh,
0: Glenn, guilty pleasures. Hi guys. For your mission today, should you choose to accept it? I would like your top three guilty pleasures, things that you like that others don't in movies or TV and three wrestlers from now or the past that you enjoyed and no one else did. Thanks as always. Glenn. I mean, every single movie, that I like is basically not mainstream popular. Right. So take your pick. (laughs) You Uh, face off.
1: People like it. now. You're right. You're right. It didn't necessarily. That's, you know, it has become a cult classic, but it was not the case. Um, You know, John Travolta in general, I think there was a time, you know, the battlefield earth era, people were not wild about him. And I was going, you know, get shorty face off phenomenon. Broken Arrow. This man has been in some fantastic movies.
0: Saturday Night Fever. Um, Come on, Grease. Come on. I,
1: yeah. Oh, and, I, and I'm even just going for that, like that sort of renaissance it's with what? Look who's talking or whatever, you know, sort of thing. Um, pro wrestling, in and of itself, is a guilty pleasure. Um, the fact that I'm going, or I used to. I haven't done it in so long. I don't know that I can say I do it anymore. I was going back and watching the archives regularly. I think is even sub guilty pleasure. Bo Dallas is his entire guilty pleasure in and of himself. So we've got plenty, plenty, plenty. Uh, Our last email comes from Brandon Banks. Finishers
0: quick wrestling related question for you. Gents. If you were a pro wrestler, what would be your finisher? Sent from my iPhone. What do you got? Crossface. Do Yeah.
1: Chicken wing, label lock. Which, which which version are we? Probably
0: label lock. <laughs> okay. I'm a small guy. I don't know what I could do a power move, you know, so I'm not, sure. I'm not hoisting somebody up for, a, for a tombstone pile driver. Not unless they want to have their neck broke. You know. Um, you don't want to do a moonsault. I definitely cannot do a moonsault. Um, I could do a slip off the top rope and awkwardly land mostly on my own butt, but maybe glancing somebody if they were close enough, and I could kind of just fall on them as opposed to jumping at them.
1: Is that is that the coffin drop? Yeah, I think I could do that. that,
0: that yeah, basically, yeah.
1: There you go. Um, I'm either going with the Texas Cloverleaf, or most likely, uh, I'm going to get you down and I'm going to, you're going to be on your stomach and I will, it'll seem like I'm going for a camel clutch. So I'll be straddling your back. you think thinking I'm going for the chin, and instead, I'm putting you in a full Nelson and then bending you up as if it's a camel clutch. Nice. Which the only wrestler I've seen use that as a finisher, oddly enough is Stevie Richards, and it's awesome. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, thank you to Banks and Glenn and Nate and Che and Mrs. Manson and whoever that Daniel was that was trying to spam us so so nicely. Uh, thank you for your emails. Doc Manson, what is your piece of positivity uh, getting you through uh, this mid-March week?
0: Hmm. Um. I guess I'll go with the AEW Revolution show. The wrestling, like I said, was pretty solid across the board. There were some nice matches in there. And it's always good to see friends. It was good to see GQ. It was good to see the artist. Um, I nearly killed the artist at one point by making him laugh. Um, <laughs> I, I thought I really thought he was going to have a cardiac event right there on my couch. And it was a good time. Um, Yeah. Did did he say how the herald? Yes. Yes, it went very well. Uh he did like 20 heralds that day, I think. He was there for like he did like 5 hours straight, I guess of heralding. So good for him. Yeah. Sounds like it was a good
1: time. Good for him, good for him. I'm glad to hear it. Uh for my piece of positivity this week, um you know, I've I've been an up up down down fan for a while. Uh, I have been an UNO fan for a while and enjoyed their, their unoing ing um, And I obviously enjoy the Battle of the Brands where they're doing the GM mode. They did it with older video games. They just did it. They were doing it with 2K22. Um, so much so that Brandon Banks and I have our own version going over there in the Joy of Booking. If you haven't checked that out, you can head over there and check that out. Um, but... WWE 2k23 is it's either out now or it'll be out shortly. Uh, and GM mode has gotten a big upgrade and Tyler Breeze and Xavier Woods are essentially your hosts and they are now you can they can be GMs in the game and all of that. So seeing that that you know this thing that they did on up up down down has now become uh, a much bigger thing. Um, and then seeing it, you know, turn into them just being part of the game and part of the, you know, sort of the zeitgeist and all of that, uh, makes me happy. The idea that Tyler Breeze is now technically a legend in the WWE two K 23 game. Uh, you know, we can argue what it does to the word legend, but I love Tyler Breeze. So I'm all for it. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited to, uh, to get, you know, check that out. I'm Almost certainly purchasing that game at some point. And now GM mode, you can have four GMs. There's all sorts of different more matches you can do. You can make it go longer seasons. And there's, you know, uh, things you can shoot for to try to become a Hall of Fame GM. So should be fun. So there we go with our pieces of positivity. Uh, I want to thank you for spending some time with us, with uh, Doc and me and Tony Schiavone. Doc Manson, anything else you would like to say before we head into that good night? Well,
0: if you'd like to have your thoughts right on the air, send us an email. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And if you like what you've heard, and really, how could you, head over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It does help us keep the lights on. It keeps this podcast train chugging along.
1: Uh, thank you for joining us on episode 355. Yeah, let's say that. All right, 55, 56. I 55. Uh, he is he is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews, have yourselves a hell of a week. Until we meet again, my friend, won't you be our bestie? Tony Schiavone, get the pepperoni. We're not going to stop the show. Tony wants us to keep going. Tony? Tony, who signs our show? That Tony?